What's up, everybody? This is Damian Leone, writer and director of Terrifier, and you are tuned into Astronomicon. COVID did affect a lot of things. What was your production status when you guys got the run, run, run home message that everybody got? That happened, your, where were you at? That happened on set. Um, our, coincidentally, it was our last day of shooting this big block before, because we've been shooting in giant blocks and then breaking, uh, primarily because of big uh, effect scenes. So, you know, it's like uh, we, we need to we need to break, and I have to prep because if we had to do everything all at once, I mean, by the time we'd be shooting, it would be a year from now, I mean, which we're still doing actually. But yeah, it happened on set, and you just notice the. The atmosphere on set just got very weird. People started getting really panicked. And then we had heard that somebody who, um, a stunt guy who came in, somebody he worked with had gotten it. He actually called us all up and he was like, yeah, I just got to tell you. He's like, I was around somebody two weeks ago who just tested positive for this. So everybody's freaking out and that who's afraid to go home and who's rushing to go home and everything. So it was like, it was pretty, pretty surreal, you know, because we never experienced anything like this before. And then, you know, we went home and then by the time I got home, it was like real. And it was like, holy shit. It's like, you're not allowed to drive around and this and that. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. This is new. Here we go. This is seriously (laughs) one of the first, I mean, it was definitely the first time in my life that I can remember that the only real reference we had for something like this was genre films. You know what I mean? For real. The the only (laughs) reference that we had for this sort of a thing was Outbreak. Andromeda strain. I am legend. You know what I mean? Things like that. And then the streets started looking that way. Zombie. If this would have been zombies, we would have been effed. Like super early. Like super early. This would have been a short movie. We can't even handle this. I mean, imagine. Oh my God. Forget it. And you guys are you guys are down there in New York where that uh that big new Rochelle outbreak was and 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 that was like the ground zero for a lot of the first uh I hate to call it even a panic, but uh the panic that went down. Yeah, um, I mean, you... we, were, we were in a small, um, we we're in like a small town, Canada, Harry, New York, uh, in the middle of nowhere, really shooting. But, um, you know, like I live in Staten Island. It's a lot more heavily populated and everything. But it, it hasn't been too bad here that I that I know of. But um, I don't know. But like you said, I mean, just unprecedented situation, really, really insane to go through it. Um, especially we had some people who were really, really paranoid on set who just got out of there immediately and people who didn't want to show up because it just started happening. And yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to do until you're faced with that sort of a thing. Did you at all think we had some uh, MCs and some rappers actually go home from a project and think, am I ever going to be able to rap again? Did you think that you were going to be able to go back to your project? Did you have any of those down days? Like most of the creatives had where we didn't know if, the new world even was going to have room for the creatives like us? Uh, honestly, not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic with my outlook on things. I think people tend to gear toward panic and fear a lot more than they should. I mean, I think it's just in our nature to be inherently scared of things. So, um, no, I mean, as soon as I got home, I just took the opportunity to edit because we have so much footage, so much footage. I mean, we're basically there. We're, we're, at, we're at like the... 
you know, we're at the end zone where we have like 95% of the film in the can. So I, I took this two months to really just start editing everything. I mean, I hadn't, I haven't stopped. So I've just been editing and prepping the remainder of the special effects that we have left. So I, yeah, I, heard, optimistic. I, I keep my eye on your Instagram. I enjoy your Instagram quite a lot. And I know you're oh, building thanks. a lot of heads. You're punching a lot of hair into those individual heads and you're constantly prepping you're constantly prepping those big those big deal special effects yeah we have two two major kills left um and that's what i'm actually just working on one of them and then we're gonna go shoot that and then take another break and it's probably gonna take me probably gonna take me like another month to prep the biggest kill scene that's the kill that we're trying to top the hacksaw scene so we want to make sure we do it right and it's super involved and it's a you know it's a slew of special effects it's just gag after gag after gag for this one kill so i like the way you call them gags but in your case <laughs> they, they they don't look like gags you know what i'm saying you you take great pride in your realism and, and the grittiness oh, of your effects and uh you know we had spoken before about you know tom savini and your love and inspiration for him and uh, clearly, you know, there are people like Greg Nicotero and Rick Baker who do these large scale out of this world, unbelievable special effects. I recently saw you talking about a man by the name of Dick Smith, mm -hmm. who a lot of horror fans may not know as a as a makeup guru, but who you pointed out something that I didn't even know. Uh, oh, really? A, OK. A, a bald cap on a certain Mr. Robert De Niro. Uh, well, in what film was that? I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm a, Oh, I'm a in Taxi Driver. Yeah, in Taxi Driver, and sure. I did not know that he did not shave his head into a mohawk. <laughs> it seems like you have this mixture of the 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 overly gory and macabre, as well as that subtle realism of a Dick Smith. Like, oh, could yeah. you talk about that? Like, how does your planning go in? Like, you know, you want to cut somebody in half, and you know that that's very easily to make look bad if done poorly if shot in the wrong lighting if it's if it's the wrong color of fluids you're using any sure. number of things can go wrong and make that look cheesy you oh, seem to painstakingly go through and make sure that realism is there can you tell the folks about that i do i try i mean it depends what you're going for also on the flip side it's also a lot easier when you're dealing with gore because you can cover up a lot of imperfections with the blood and a lot of people do that Whereas, you know, Dick Smith creating that bald cap in Taxi Driver, that there is nothing on earth that can hide anything. It is in broad daylight. It is in an extreme close-up. I, I actually didn't realize how few people knew about that until I posted it. I got so many DMs of people just being like, what? That's a bald cap? And, that, and, and that's really sad because it's so miraculous. It's so good. I mean, I mean that's like 40 years old, give or take. And and it's still the, one of the, the greatest fact that you the fact that you can do that practically pisses me off that they're de-aging people with cgi like you know what right. i mean you think sure. you should be able to de-age somebody with prosthetics and with prior molds of their own face and mm -hmm. especially if they were doing something like that 40 50 years ago that that was that was damn near 50 years ago he was like doing 50 that. years ago and, and revolutionary when, and yeah you revolutionary. described the process of using the atomizer for an asthma inhaler exactly. to shoot the, the sprecklets of hair to create that five o'clock shadow stubble and yeah I, because, I don't even know where to begin on something ex like that. exactly because at that time as far as i know that had never been done before that technique so if there was ever a technique where you put a bald cap on somebody they stippled 
the what looked like stubble with makeup. They never actually used real hair. So he invented that technique and it had to be done like perfectly. And he had to spray it on little by little in each spot. If he went too heavy, clumped up and it ruined everything. So everything had to be done so like finite. It was it's just it's just so amazing. I mean, uh, and if the, if the viewers don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to make sure to intersplice some photos of what yeah. you're speaking oh, cool. of for real. Because, like I said, I didn't know. And uh, recently, a few of the of the legends, Rick Baker included, have released basically autobiographies mm -hmm. and tech book, you know, manuals. I, I had this book. Yeah. You know, with the box set, the big box. Oh set. my god! Yeah, I had to get amazing. That. That was, yeah, it was I mean, amazing. It's an amazing my, thing. He's one of my heroes as well. I mean, I look at, I put them all up on the highest pedestal. They're all on my Mount Rushmore of makeup artists. You know, there's a lot of times where I, I want to say Rick Baker is the, the king. I mean, like, he really took quality to another level. And he, he told a story that I, I think of to this day when I'm ever doing something so tedious or really getting fed up and I want to take a shortcut or, or just give up a little bit. Like when he was a, when he was a kid, he went to, he was trying to get jobs uh, and going to makeup, uh, going to like mask companies and nobody wanted to hire him. And like, he took a sculpture to a mask company when he was a little kid and he had like all this poor texture in this, I think it was a gorilla sculpture he was doing. And the guy who worked there was like, you know, don't waste your time putting all that effort. He's like the camera and everything is never going to pick up that detail. He's like, no one's going to know it's there. And Rick Baker's like, well, I'm going to know it's there. Mm -hmm. you know. And now, okay, now you watch American Werewolf in London now restored in 4K where you and see holds all up. that detail and it's all there and it all and it holds, still up. holds up. Come on, it, it, it holds up when I can't enjoy Scarface anymore in 4K <laughs> because I see the cardboard furniture in the living room. No it, way. Yeah, it, like movies like Scarface, like the production design, that huge production design. A lot of that was cardboard, and you don't realize it until you watch it now in 4K transition, and it's very clearly a piece of cardboard. The Al Pacino? Yes. Wow. Like, okay. I, 4K, 4K to some degree took some of the muck off the, off the lens that they were using to uh, make things look cinematic, I think. Yeah. And I, and, um, but, but like you said, with the Rick Baker situation, that shit holds up. Holds I mean, up big time, it holds, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't think hold up. I mean, Gremlins holds up. Terminator Brilliant holds yep. up. like mm -hmm. today holds up and it can be put against the CGI stuff. Oh, and, if, it, and, if something's good, it's if something's good, it's good. It'll just stand the test of time. Like um, I say this all the time as well. Like uh, I'm sure you're aware of who Rob Bottin is, right? Who did the mm -hmm. thing and and Legend. Yep. Like I still say that Legend, the Tim Curry darkness makeup, is arguably the greatest makeup oh. of all time. The big oh, horns? Are you talking about the horns? Yes. Uh -huh. I remember I remember almost ordering that mask until I realized I'd break my neck trying to carry it <laughs> on my shoulders. Yeah. Yep. Those giant makeups that to this day, even if you see them in 4K HD, yep, they do they oh. do hold up. And I mean, I can see the effects of Terrifier holding up for 40, 50 years to come as well because oh, they're God done practically, be. because they're done in camera, and because no one there's there there are no seams. Dang, At least man. none that you can see. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I appreciate that, man. And, and again, in part two, there's virtually no CGI. If ever I use CGI, which I, I did a little bit in the first one, but you can't really tell. Like I like there was a uh, in the beginning when she pokes the girl's eyeballs out, like the blood tube was actually separated from behind her arm it was in the shot so i digitally erased that like little thing little subtle things yeah, like yeah, would... digital erasures and things like that are one thing but when you're creating right. when you're creating bullet squibs 
which I yeah. keep. I always go back that there's nothing that will take me out of a movie worse than a digital bullet hole. Mm-hmm. Like nothing I, takes I me out of a film worse. I agree. I I say that all the time. And I listen. I'm not knocking The Walking Dead or anything like that. It's a masterpiece of a show. But like, yeah, even like when they when they resort to the digital bullet hits, it does take me out a, a little bit. They still haven't quite nailed that yet. Yeah, there's something about digital liquid that they just can't. They can't fucking nail it yet. I don't know what it is. Um, so no digital bullet hits. There are bullet hits in uh, Terrifier too, and we we use the most simplistic method blew everybody's mind on set it's literally i take a hose i fill it with blood and i have people off camera blowing into the hose that's it and you get air-powered squibs you get kill bill fucking blood spray going everywhere and it it works it's it's you don't have to get pyrotechnics and technicians and all this bullshit that's fantastic that's that diy Mm -hmm. spirit that underground spirit that old trauma spirit of making the most of exactly what you've got You've been able to do that with not just the effects portion of of your film, but also the casting portion. You've you've somehow found these jewels, man. I mean, David Howard Thornton is is a jewel when when it comes to Art the Clown. And then, you know, in the new one, you've cast Lauren Levera as the character of Sienna. That's my girl. I watched a bunch of her reels last night. Mm -hmm. I watched her martial arts reel. I watched her Iron Fist reel. I <laughs> yeah. watched her boxing reel. I'm not fighting her. You don't want to fight her. She's a real life badass. She's a real I'm not going to fight her. Is she mm-hmm. your Sarah Connor? Is Sienna your Sarah Connor? Yeah, I'm going to say 100. percent I'm not even going to not even going to hide it. I mean, she's she is a fucking amazing badass final girl. Um, again, I will say this: we're still we're still in Terrifier Art the Clown territory. So I'm going to say nobody is safe. You're not going to know what's coming at you in this movie. But this is a character that I, I tried to put this character in a movie back in 2008. And that movie fell apart. So this is a character that's so near and dear to my heart. And I've been just living with this character and just having to get her onto the screen for so long. Um, I mean, the character has definitely evolved since then. But it was always this final girl in a slasher who you know dons this angel warrior valkyrie costume and that that was going to be my next question is that we have received some production stills Mm -hmm. and in a few of them she's appearing as what seems to be and you've described it as yourself as an angel warrior is that just a halloween costume since we know the the setting of terrifier 2 will be halloween night once again or are you being a little uh i don't know foreshadowing maybe a little something more Oh, there's definitely more than meets the eye with that that costume. But it is it is a it is a Halloween costume. But it's not just an arbitrary costume where she was like, "Oh, this is like sexy and cool. I'm just going to wear this." The it's a little more than just sexy and cool. It's it, it's it's got dogma vibes. Those big wings and the and the archangel yeah. vibe mm-hmm. and the and the the whole just everything, the armor and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that character that costume is one that she's been working on and building throughout the course of the movie and uh it has very sentimental meaning to her character that you'll find out when you watch watch the movie but um th- yeah there's a lot that character that that costume it's 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 a big part of who her her character is so. speaking of uh sentimentality you've uh, added someone a bit younger 
to the victim pool this time, maybe to uh, tug at some parental heartstrings. Uh, you cast you cast the little man, Elliot Fulham, from My Little Punk People. Um, I'm a Little Punk yeah. People fan myself. Shout out to Elliot. He does some good work, does some great interviews. Uh -huh. um, did you meet him? Did he interview you? Was he chosen because of his spunkiness and YouTube success, or did, did he audition? No, he just auditioned. I, di I didn't know anything about his uh, YouTube channel or anything like that. And that was by far the hardest role to cast. Because, um, again, you're dealing with a kid. You need, uh, you need someone young who's also a very good actor and someone who's going to be able to, you know, um, deal with the physicality that came with this role. Super physical role. I mean, we put this kid through the ringer. I mean, and, and it's a very emotional. It's a very emotional movie. There's a lot of drama involved. I mean, this, the movie centers around uh, a mother, daughter who plays, you know, played by Lauren and, and Elliot. So it's this trifecta and this dynamic between them throughout the course of the entire movie. So there's a lot going on and uh, very difficult to find that actor to play that, to play that role. And as soon as the first thing, and this had nothing to do with him getting the role, but this was just like icing on the cake. Before he even started, he just went off on this rant of what a big fan he was of Terrifier. And he's like, I've seen it. I love it. He's like, whether I'm in the movie or not, he's like, I just want to tell you, great job. He's like, you know, we're big fans and everything like that. And that, that was really cool. But then when he auditioned, he's above and beyond the, the, best, uh, the best actor who auditioned for the part. So yeah, he's pretty he's pretty fantastic. I, I like oh, I said, yeah. I, I enjoy his content. And he has a budded, you know, that horror realm for quite some time as as most of these music realms kind of do to yeah. some degree or another. And yeah, you want a kid who's at least familiar with the project. You don't want you don't want to have to worry about the long term no. psychological damage yeah. you may be putting certain people for. And that was going to be one of my next questions was how hard was it to even search out a kid? for a role like this, given the notoriety of the original film? I, I don't know if it was difficult, but again, like the auditions that we got, I think we, at the end of the day, we really only narrowed it down to Elliot and one other kid. The other kid was a lot younger, wasn't as good an actor. Um, and, but on the flip side, I did want a younger actor to play this part. But thankfully, I mean, Elliot and his father, Justin, I mean, they're, they're a godsend. We couldn't have asked for better people, more dedicated people. They would do anything. They never complain about hours, blood, anything. His father, both of them are always just like pushing it. Even when I'm like, no, nah, we don't need to go that far. It's all right. No, no, no. Push it, push it. It's all right. You know what I mean? So, all right, let's, uh, let's do it. Get in there. Get, get, get your ass kicked. You know, let's do it. You know? So, I mean, you can't, you can't ask for better people to be around, especially when you're doing a 18 hour day, 20 hour day and no zero complaints just a total pleasure but on you know the most important thing is delivering a really fantastic performance and so. it's super it's super on brand for him there there's oh. no there's really no departure from what i see in his content I, I when he when i saw him say he got cast i was like oh that makes complete sense complete sense complete not only sense. not only that um because they're so in the music world um you know music is actually a big part of his character and sienna's character like Sienna, her character really centers around like synthwave and all that new 80s kind of retro music. And he's into like death metal and stuff like that. So they, they actually got all kinds of um, permission and rights to put albums and posters and all kinds of amazing things in his oh, room. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that he could pepper it with his own shit like that. That's just oh, fantastic. I mean, beautiful. that was something I, I hadn't written down, but something that I definitely noticed in the first Terrifier was the use of score. 
and uh, the yeah. importance of music and and sound in horror, especially to create that ambience and that just that just it's it, it it's it's simple and it's it's synthy and it just but it it works and you know when you hear that art is around the corner so That's are cool. we gonna are yeah. we gonna get to are we are you, did you get to play with that some more um did you get to oh, use yeah. any bring in any specific yeah. songs that you like in particular well as far as the score goes paul wiley who did the first one is already working on the second one i actually sent him a rough cut of one of the craziest scenes in the movie before I sent him the cut, I said, look, I, I got to start uh, showing this to people. I said, can, um, but I didn't give it to him yet, but I described the scene and I broke it down into minutes and beats and I told him exactly what was happening. And I said, could you just whip up a little piece of music for me real quick for, for this? And he immediately, in like two days, he, he came back with this insane piece of music that fit in so perfectly without him even seeing it. And it was just, it was one of those magical moments where I'm like, oh my God, this is better than I could have imagined. And then I, I sent it to him like a week later after I laid it in and finished editing the scene and he was blown away. Um, so yeah, we're already upping the game in the score department. He, he actually did another a variation of the Terrifier score. So there's a more hardcore version. And then a there's more hardcore version? More hardcore version. And then there's going to be like a softer version. Okay. Um, so there's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing what he i mean he ba- he didn't even start yet basically but whatever what he's done already is that that phenomenal. is something that i think has been lost over the years is the use of a primary theme a where you just percent. change the melody or the tone or, mm-hmm. or you know the, the color whatever it may be and and hey we got a happy version we got a scary version we got a fast yeah, yeah. version we yeah. got a depressed version and that, right. that's great that he was able to take that exactly. and create a couple of different remixes like if dude, you what- will to it Exactly. Like, when's the last time you left a modern movie humming the theme? I mean, maybe a superhero movie, maybe, but I mean, oh yeah, my God. Mate, not even, though. Like, I can't think of any. Well, no, because that's just a couple. That's like a loop. That's not even a theme. Like, right. we, 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 you're talking about that, that, like, Marvel, that Avengers, that, that, that grant. That's not even really a theme. I think that's more just a loop. Okay. So, you know, but, you guys are doing even more with the long form. So. Like that, that, that was, that's what that rings them. to me of Carpenter. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, Carpenter would spend just as much time in the audio booth as he did behind the camera, you know, looking at dailies. And he's my biggest inspiration for a uh, huge inspiration for directing. But when it comes to score, I tell Paul Wiley, you know, I say, look, give me a, give me Carpenter vibes. Give me, you know, I, th- I throw like a couple of names at him and stuff, but Carpenter's always in there. Um, Phantasm theme. You know, the classic. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old synth-heavy zombie stuff. Oh, so yeah. Old zombie there, and everything. There is a producer out there whose name I cannot remember who's producing for the rap group uh, Alozulu, and all okay. his music sounds like that old Italian zombie. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. Oh, just, yeah, dragging it from the past, but just making it up to date. Speaking of dragging things from the past i even i hate even using that term because these ladies do not look any worse for wear with the years in the genre that they've put in but you've got a couple of genre veterans uh tamara glenn and felicia rose joining your cast and you've got the inclusion of some newer faces uh casey hartnett kaylee hyman Mm -hmm. how's it feel being able to give these you know these veteran scream queens the ability to pass the torch so to speak in both the film and and in these conventions, because I know you guys end up at these same conventions, and I'm sure that that's how castings like this happen. 
Um, That's a hundred percent. I mean, that it, it is such an honor to to work with Felissa. We met Felissa. Oh, yeah, we met Felissa at the cons, and she immediately became one of our dearest friends. Like we've known her for years. Like it feels like like she's she's immediately family. So we love her, and like we were just so grateful that she was willing to to do it. Um, and Tamara. Who have, uh, you know, I know all these of all these people. Like I did, I never met Tamara at a con, but she was uh, friendly with my boys, the Fuzz on the Lens boys, who are my co-producers, and they they brought her in, and she was just another one. They're they're, they're sweethearts. They're just phenomenal people, hard workers. You know that. I mean, it's just, and they deliver the goods. So it's yeah, the, and they're 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 the real torchbearers. Oh yeah, this genre, especially. I mean, right now, certain aspects of the horror genre are under attack as being sexist. You know, it, it comes and oh, goes, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it comes and goes in cycles and 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 women like them who, who who stood their ground as veterans in this game in the in the TNA 80s and, you oh, know, yeah. the, the, the 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 not so woke 90s and are still, you know, <laughs> you know, killing it 30, 35 years later in these roles. It's, it's great for them to be able to show the newcomers that there's longevity in this game, that oh, you don't have to be you know, you don't have to be just another victim. No, for sure. For sure. And I'll, I'll, I mean, uh, do I want to spoil this? No, nah, I can't say whether or not they're victims or not. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I know their, I know their roles are still are still up for grabs. We're still waiting yeah, on yeah. our first look, whether that's going to be a clip, whether that's going to be a teaser trailer, whether that's going to be art doing origami for three <laughs> minutes on Twitch. We we don't know what's going to happen. We that's do a know, good idea. I should release first looks of them. That's a we, good idea. We oh. do know. That you had the plan to release some sort of a trailer at did, the yeah. since rescheduled Texas Frightmare weekend, mm-hmm. and that you are still planning on delivering something to that new rescheduled date that I think is first weekend of October or September. I think it's. Um, I'm actually not sure. I think it's September. Yeah, it's like um, the second something, second, third, uh, fourth, maybe. I lost track, but um, yeah, because I had promised them that we would deliver the teaser there. But now because of all this shit, I mean, and fans are getting so antsy. So I feel like we have to deliver at least a teaser very soon. But I told them that I would definitely give them something exclusive, whether it's a scene or you know, it'll probably be a, a little a scene uh, by the time we get there. Um, so, yeah, well, I want to fans are gobbling up like literally any type of news, whether it was, you know, the debut of the suit at Astronomicon or it was those yeah. first look pictures of just the back of Art's head that that right. every blog and their mama picked yeah. up or the pictures of Sienna in her winged costume. And I mean, clearly there is a rabid fan base out here waiting for this next installment of killings from Art the Clown. Has COVID shifted your plan? for an october release i know you were originally thinking that it's still too early to say i I don't want to give out false information but i mean it it might be difficult at this point to get the movie i mean i'm the movie will certainly be done by october but whether or not we can secure distribution and get it out by then i mean that's really not up to me to say so because we don't have distribution Set set in place uh, at all, so it's like we're 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 pretty much starting from scratch, just shopping the movie around. So when well, you know when it's ready, um, we'll start. We'll get that ball rolling, but it's really hard to say. But we're not stopping. I mean, we're yeah. COVID sort of set it. It definitely set us back a little bit. But like I said, I was able to use that time to edit, which would have been the case. 
Yeah, it puts you ahead anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. In your edits, did the movie inform itself at all? Have Have you had any changes of hearts due like due to edits? Have there been any? Have you edited something and then maybe it led to you looking at something later on in a different way? Oh, that's a very good question. Well, everything. Well, there's a few scenes where I edit. I'm like, ooh, I'm like that came out basically exactly the way I wanted, um, which is which is what you want and hope for every time. A lot of times there are surprises, happy surprises. Um, sometimes you're like, ooh, that didn't work as well as I hoped, which is good in this sense because then maybe you have time to go go back and. That, that's what I meant, like reshoots. Like, did you did you end yeah. up adding anything to your production schedule? given this break allowing you the time to process what you already had yeah i mean technically technically no but what did just happen is okay this uh hair punching these fake heads that i'm working on right now um that location we actually just lost so we started shooting there and now we lost that location thankfully I'm pretty sure now I have to go and edit that scene because I have to see. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's how are you going to? Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at you. That this sucks. Is, this, is, uh, this is big breaking news right now. That so, sucks. I apologize. Sorry. Dude, this is making a movie. It's a shit show. It's chaos. It is well, especially during chaos. during the world's most boring Armageddon. It's absolute chaos, man. You can't. Um, I mean, you could imagine, but it's just. There's nothing like it, especially on this movie in particular. I have never, ever dealt with so many curveballs being thrown at me at every given time. I'm, ta- I'm talking like the movie gods just smiting us, just laughing at every turn, just trying to knock us down, man. I mean, so many obstacles with this movie. But yeah, we just lost that location in a scene that we already shot half of it. But luckily, luckily we just have like these heavy-duty special effect inserts. So, I mean, we're pretty fucking awesome at just creating. If we have to go and create like a little set, a little piece of the set, recreate that. We've done that many times. I mean, we could easily do that. So luckily, these are just like close-up inserts that we have left in the scene. But again, it's just one of those things. You didn't see this coming. It's just one more piece of bullshit that you got to deal with. And it's like, oh, all right. But um but that's but yeah, why you man. love it. That's why That's why it's a labor of love. That you, you're, you're fucking seeing, labor of you, love. You see it through. <laughs> You see it through, man. I mean, it makes you fucking makes you harder. I mean, you know, I actually at some point you got to embrace all these all these challenges. It makes you feel better. I mean, fuck it, come at me. Let's let's fucking do it. Let's conquer it. Let's fucking you know. It doesn't matter. You just got to do it. Just make the movie. Just fucking do it. At the end of the day, that's I say it all the time. Nike nailed it, man. Just fucking do it. <laughs> Now, have you been have you been keeping your eye on any? I mean, I know you you're more the filmmaker and not so much the uh, distributor or uh, producer aspects. But have you been keeping your eye on this theatrical release versus VOD versus roadshow yeah. kind of formula? And have you, have you been leaning one way or another? Dude, I mean, I don't see I don't see a legit theatrical release happening. I'm I'm, I'm a realist. But I mean, what is the, What is it? You say legit, and I, to be honest with you, and I don't mean to disregard your words, after all this, I don't think we'll ever see the numbers that we were seeing on yeah. Endgame, because there are still going to be people who don't want to go out to theaters. 100%. I think, 100%, I think you're right, at least so for... The, the idea of a legit theatrical release, what, what does that even entail? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Kevin Smith beat Endgame on a per-screen average taking See? his sh- taking his movie and showing it himself and doing his Q&A 
with his characters. And that was something I talked to David about because with the convention scene, Mm -hmm. a Terrifier double feature road show. Yep. With Thank meet you. and greet and all that. Guess what? I'm there. I'm there in Boston, Providence, Hartford, wherever you're at. I'm going because that's unique. And that's- I love I love you. You're a genius. I'm so glad I'm going to take this snippet right here and I'm going to show that to my producer because yes. I've been I've been telling him this for the past year that the game is changing. And I think our best line of attack is to do a road show and to go to every major city in the country for a year and show this movie before we distribute it. Exactly. And do a Q&A, do a signing, whatever people want to do, give out posters and shit. And I, I don't think you'll have a more satisfying experience than that as a fan. And, you know, we go to these cons, we go to some pretty obscure places, and we have fans at every place. So I'm pretty sure if we go to every major city, we'll have a, we'll have a turnout for a screening. Um, so. Oh, I have to assume they will come out. I saw the lines at Astronomicon. Yeah. I, I've seen the lines for you guys at the other cons, and I have to assume you 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 draw a respectable number in each place and make it worth you know a showing or two with a Q and A. And yeah. to be honest, that may be the new the new method. People don't want to go if you're going to go and spend fifty bucks on popcorn, you know, milk duds and a diet coke anyway. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather sit next to the filmmaker himself and, and his creation and maybe get a little little FaceTime with them? I, I think you'd rather do that. I think so, too, man. I agree with you. And I'm telling you, man, like this is a fun movie. Like this is a roller coaster of a fucking movie. Like there, there is it's just it's it's wild, man. We put so much shit into this movie. Like I want to talk about so much of it, but I can't really give out spoilers. But I mean, it is just nonstop so many things you would not imagine that we're doing like you're gonna laugh you're gonna cheer you might fucking cry you're gonna fucking scream i mean you're gonna be grossed out it is just it is a i put everything i ever loved in movies since the time i'm three like into this movie like everything i've learned even as like a screenwriter taking that very seriously about just characters character arcs character dynamics just everything that i know has worked in the past with movies with characters and I, like it, I'm pretty fucking positive this movie's going to deliver and be super satisfying and be a movie you want to see in a crowd because I think it's going to it's going to get a lot it's of going like, to be a hoot and a hollering and a, yeah. don't go in there stupid like hundred percent like it's going to be a fun time it's going to be a fun fucking time part chainsaw massacre part Rocky Horror and yes. I, I think that's what people want to do movies dude people I mean like, want to do that people want to go out there they want to do that they want to they they don't want they don't want to be shown they want to experience experience man 100 percent, dude and man. this is an experience this is an experience man it really is i really think the audience is gonna fucking fall in love with the sienna character just be on this ride and people just fucking love art the clown they really do man they have fun hanging out with that sadistic son of a bitch and he's he's more sadistic than ever i think he's funnier than ever in this movie um, we certainly deliver the goods with Art the Clown. That's the least of my worries. I mean, he's yeah. David's a genius when it comes to you. You put yeah, you, you yeah. put you put a genius in a genius character, and it just yeah. I got yeah yeah. I mean, it's the, that is the least of my concerns, which should be the biggest concern, right? Like not fucking up Art the Clown. But I mean, like we have him. I want to say fingers crossed still. But I mean, like he's like safe he's like safe we have him in the bag it's everything else it's these new characters it's taking this movie on a much bigger scale bringing in like a mythology and and just new things like the first one is so simplistic 
like even going back to what you were saying about the store, I mean, like that's uh, the, the score. I'm sorry. I mean, that like that's my mo is just like simplicity. Everything about Art the Clown is very simple. The story was simple. This one, I get a little more involved and complicated with the story, and you know, maybe hopefully not to a fault, but uh, I, I don't think it's to a fault. I think it's uh, I think it's a benefit, but we'll see. But we're definitely taking some chances on this one. So, so besides editing too. And getting ready for those final few scenes and those final few effects, have you been able to put pen to paper on the next chapter yet? As I know the plan was. Yeah, yeah, we're still. I'm still planning on doing a trilogy for sure. Uh, that cat's out of the bag. Um, well, pen to paper. Let me see. I I did write a scene. Okay, that was supposed to be at the beginning of Terrifier Two. It was like ten minutes. It was like ten pages of a of a like a prologue. This movie's already fucking long. It's probably the first the first cut of this movie's probably going to be like two hours and ten minutes. So I'm going to have to. Oh, sure, that's a long horror. Movie. It's a long right. fucking movie. So I'm going right. to have to I'm going to have to cut the shit out of this movie. Um, so yes, so but now I can move that to the beginning of part three. So yes, technically I already have, but I already have plenty of ideas. Here's the crazy thing. You would imagine that the hardest part of part three would be the ending. I know exactly how to end the Arthur Clown saga. Um, and I know how to start part three. Um, it's just the middle now where I got to fill in all the, all the gaps. The hard but, part. The hard part. <clears throat> but I mean, the ending is a ver- to me is a very satisfying ending and very unique. Something I've never seen in a horror movie before. Um, so that makes me feel good. I'm excited to share that with people, but yeah, it's just filling in the gap. And again, we're always going to fight those obstacles of topping amazing kill scenes, which is the hardest thing to do because at at the end of the day, that's really, I mean, like, look, I, you don't want to say people don't care about horror fans don't care about plot and character. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. They care about quality storytelling. And I say this all the time. Horror fans aren't just horror fans. They're cinema fans. You can talk to horror fans about any genre, any movie. You'll be spitting quotes about comedies, you know, deep dives, and anything. I mean, we just love films. But when it comes to horror, there's just this special love that they have, you know. But they do care. But also, on the surface, they really do just want those primitive goods which are the kill scenes. So I really do struggle with coming up with those that next big kill scene. I mean, we're, we're struggling with that on the second one to top the hacksaw scene. So that's my biggest fight is really fucking conquering those kill scenes, man. That's what I'm fighting with right now. Well, it sounds like you have things, at least on number two, well in hand and, uh, and headed towards a proper conclusion. And I know the heads out there are clamoring for this new product i mean i can't wait for it i know most of the fans out there can't appreciate you taking the time to uh speak with us today damien we can't wait uh, to potentially have you back at the next astronomicon whenever that might actually occur oh uh, i'm there man most boring plague and uh I-, I wish you luck and success with the release of the teaser trailer presumably at texas frightmare weekend whenever that does happen and uh maybe we do get to see this in a roadshow format double feature where we could all throw popcorn at the screen and yell, no, bitch, don't go in there, which is is, what a lot of us like to do. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Again, I'm so glad you brought up the roadshow thing because I'm really fighting for that. 
and I think that's our best line of attack. So I'm really gonna I'm really gonna use that. But um, I think we, you guys I think you guys would enjoy it too because <laughs> all all Kevin keeps saying it was like holding church where he yeah. was the preach he was the preacher and he was Jesus. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to have people just passing by deciding to see that movie. People who come to the road show are the, the exact audience whom Absolutely. you are aiming to consume this movie. So I think that is definitely your wave, and, and I hope I hope to fucking see it. I hope we can get it at Astro. If it, I would uh, love to get something like that at Astro, that I know the fans would love that. 